On today's show, seven thoughts I have about the Cleveland Cavaliers. Let's dive all the way in on this new episode. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast. Hello there, I am Chris Manning, one of your hosts here on Lockdown Cavs. We are back, or at least I am back. Evan will be back soon. We just got that man married. I didn't get him married. I was just there for to ice people at the wedding like I'm a 21-year-old moron. Obviously, with the bald head, I'm not 21, but here we go. So we're back. Lockdown Cavs is back. Cavs are on the West Coast. So we're not going to do normal recaps here. Um, West Coast with day jobs and things makes that, frankly, very difficult to be up and late. Watching the games, though, giving you coverage, giving you analysis of them as best we can. And then uh, this week, we're especially going to do a Friday episode covering the in-season tournament game against the Pistons. That is Friday at home at 7 p.m. Uh, we're going to have a normal recap of Evan and I for that one because it's at a reasonable time for us not to be up until 2, 3 in the morning and then have to get up uh, for me, you know, 5, 30 in the morning to get a workout in the next morning. So life we chose, but hey, sometimes you make adjustments. Speaking of a team who needs adjustments, that's the Cleveland Cavaliers. They're in a weird spot right now. They're not particularly playing good basketball. So today's show is just going to be seven thoughts. Going to talk in segment one about Cavs Warriors and then Cavs Kings. Segment two, going to talk about JB Bickerstaff, Karis Levert, and Isaac Okoro to get us to five. And then segment three, the last two, some numbers. Give you some numbers, Mason. We'll get into those. And then the Blazers game. That is Wednesday. That is the last game of this little West Coast road trip. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about why that game in particular is a chance to maybe get back on track to some degree, maybe get the defense in a good spot, I think, in particular. Start chronologically, Cavs-Warriors from Saturday night. This was the game that amid things feeling off, but things felt mostly right. Let's just start there. The Cavs do feel off right now. Something here isn't totally working. Nothing feels totally lost to me, and in my opinion. I don't think the Cavs are the Bulls, who are perhaps en route to a fire sale. But it feels more to me like they have left off from the playoffs last year than they than where they left off in the regular season. That's not great. That is pretty bad. This is a 4-6 and six team, and it feels like it. This just is not what expectations for this team were and what they are if they're going to have any sort of hope of being the best version of themselves, right? This is not a team that appears to just be in any way, shape, or form in in its best version right now. All that said, they're 2-0 against the Warriors this year, and I think in both of the games, and including the one on Saturday in the Bay, they've played really hard. They moved the ball well. They attacked. They were competitive. They were full of fire in both these games. In the last one in particular, you had this Donovan Mitchell dust-up with Draymond Green, and you're seeing that he cares. He hit Draymond with the deuces-ooses, peace sign, not quite the full, you know, spin, 
But he had the thing that Jey Uso was out here doing in WWE as part of his bit. That that performance, that game was super fun. It is the the game you want to throw, the series you want to throw to. If you're if you're Cleveland and you're saying okay, if you're or if you're trying to be optimistic about this team and say okay, nothing is totally wrong here. Not everything here is wrong. Nothing here is completely broken. If you wanted to say these are this is opt- optimism that this is a strong performance that we can figure this out. That's the case. Jared Allen, you know, had a, a good line for the game in that game. You got balanced scoring from Garland, Mitchell, and Lavert in that game. Struess had 16 in that game without needing to hit a ton of threes. Um, Evan Mobley had 19 against Words. Got to the line seven times. Like a lot worked in that game. So if you want to say things are probably going to be fine, that they're just in a weird malaise to start the season. That game on Saturday and the one before, to me, are the two that really pop. Those, to me, in that game on Saturday are the Cavs that have been at their best this year. That's my opinion. The flip side of that is the Kings and this loss to the Kings on Monday night. They were really inconsistent in this game. They were getting beat by traps in that game in a way that I think is kind of alarming. The traps are not, the traps are hard. They're throwing big bodies at Garland, but Darius Garland this season has at times looked overwhelmed by size and overwhelmed by traps. That has not been good. He's turning the ball over more than you would like for someone that I think is an incredible decision maker and usually incredibly trustworthy with the basketball in his hands. Things are not perfect there. You need more out of that. And that game is showing you just, okay, like this isn't working. They're getting beat. Like it's a pretty, should be a pretty straightforward thing to beat these traps and know how to know that it's coming now that you've seen it a couple times. I think there is an adjustment that should be expected there to beat defense like that. I think Jackson Flickinger, a friend of the show, wrote about this well over at Right Down Euclid, Evan's site. They didn't pressure the three-point shooters in this game at all, and they haven't really well all year, and, it, and it's really glaring. The, 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 the effort to contest shooters just isn't totally there and, and that showing up and that's a problem. Then you after the game, you get a quote like this from Cavs head coach J.B. Bickerstaff. Quote, we scored 120 points. This wasn't about offense for us. We've got a decision to make as a group. Is the defense going to priority and are we going to commit to that side of the ball? Too many of our losses, it's the same thing. If we want to win at the level we want to win at, it's going to start on the defensive end for us. We need to find it. We've got the talent. We've got the ability. We need to go out and do it, end quote. That is uh, courtesy of Chris Fedor of Cleveland.com. You get a quote like that. That's pretty, that's pretty D-A-M-N. I I can't swear. We can't swear in this program. I think that counts as swear, so you know what I'm trying to say. Nick Angstad, if you're listening, tell me if I'm allowed to say that word or not. You're in a situation where... That kind of quote is questioning <laughs> like what the team is about in some ways. That the thing that defines your team, the thing that has been the catalyst of so much success, just isn't there. And you're saying we have to actually like play well in defense and commit to that. And look, we've talked about it on the show, but the Cavs did make a calculated choice in the summer to make some more offensive-minded improvements. They talked at media to Kobe Allman and JB Bickerstaff both about how the offense needed to get better if they were going to win in the way they wanted to win. But the defense has been bad. We'll talk about that in the numbers. The defense isn't competitively where it was last year, and it it doesn't feel like the same unit that was stifling teams. It doesn't feel in any level 
like it's really denying anyone anything right now. It's a weird spot at this. It's just a weird spot at this current moment. And when you have your head coach 10 games into the season talking about decision making and if the team is going to make this priority, that's a red flag to me. That That's a red flag straight up. If you're going to get this at this point in the season and things feel this off, that's alarming. So yin and yang here a little bit, right? The Warriors game is proof that maybe things aren't so bad. The second half of this is that if you want to say something feels wrong and something doesn't feel right to you, you can easily point to this game and feel pretty sure about that. Coming up next, we're going to talk a little bit about J.B. Bickerstaff, where he's at, the coaching job he's done. Is he on the hot seat? We'll talk about that coming up next. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at eBay Motors. Our partners at eBay Motors have teamed up with Locked On Fantasy host Josh Lloyd to bring you some of the best fantasy picks each week all season long. Whether you're prepping for a daily draft or scouting the waiver wire every week, we are going to provide you players that are guaranteed to fit on your roster. This is eBay Guaranteed Fit, the fantasy picks of the weeks. Let's see who Josh has picked out for us on this week's edition. One guy he has picked that I really like is Bilal Kulabali, the Washington Wizards rookie. The Wizards rotations are all over the place. That team is all over the place. If the Cavs could get a game against the Wizards right now and just write the ship, if they could get that prescribed by a doctor, that would be great for them, but they can't. Kulabali, though, amid all of that, amid Jordan Poole being entirely unserious, is playing 30 minutes a game regularly of late. He is their future. He's a massive defensive option for him. I love his game. I love the big wing. I love that he is getting an opportunity to stretch and expand himself and figure out what he is and what he isn't and make mistakes. And if you're a fantasy player, you can reap the benefit of that. Josh Lloyd, again, from Lockdown Fantasy Basketball, is going to help you win your fantasy championship. And eBay Motors knows a championship team is about each player being a perfect fit. Same with your vehicle. I this year bought a Ford Bronco Sport. That is my dream car. That is my favorite thing in the world at the current moment. And eBay Motors for me is going to be something I turn to. I have that car loaded up into my account. I have parts if I need them in the future. I have accessories if I need them in the future eBay Motors is going to be my source. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake lights, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Motors Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. eBay Guaranteed Fit is only available to U.S. customers. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, back here on the Lockdown Cavs podcast. Chris Manning here solo. Evan will be back with me shortly. All right, J.B. Bickerstaff. Brian Windhorst, the god himself, said on ESPN Cleveland that there will be heat on Bickerstaff. And I'm paraphrasing, Wendy, don't get mad at me. I'm not trying to aggregate you, but what you said. They're under 500 at the 20-game mark. Next 10 games for Cleveland. Pistons, uh, Blazers, Pistons, Nuggets, 76ers, Heat, Lakers, Raptors, Hawks, Blazers, Pistons again, 11th would be the Magic. That is not an easy 10-11 game stretch. That It's possible the Cavs are under 500 at that point. They could go 5-5 five and five there and, and beat the teams they should and, and beat some of the teams they should. Maybe, like, you know, not they shouldn't, but, you know, maybe they beat the Nuggets at home. Maybe they beat the 76ers. 
Hawks have a really good offense. Maybe they, they f- figure out defensively how to stop that team and figure it out. The Pistons certainly are not good, and, and that's maybe an opportunity to pick up two wins there. That would be nice for them. So it's not an easy 10-game stretch by any means. It's possible that Pickerstaff is on the hot seat at that point. But I also to look ahead and to, to just be human with JB for a second. I don't really know what that would accomplish firing him right now. Do you have another slam dunk candidate lined up? Is Luke, Luke Walton knows a ton of basketball. He knows more than I know. That guy does not have a good track record as an NBA head coach with the Lakers or the Kings. I don't think if he's your internal promotion or if it's one of the other assistants you have, we're all really smart, all good people, it seems like. I don't know if they're your answers. There's not a Quinn Snyder sitting on the market for you who's just a free agent and not associated with another team right now. I think a hiring process for what's at stake this season and developing your young guys and maximizing Mitchell and all that stuff, that would not be an easy thing just to do right now. And I just feel for JB. I think there are better coaches in the league than him. I I think he's not among the elite of the elite of the elite. He might tell you that himself as well. But I think that guy is a pro. He's been around the game his whole life. And he's been really vital to the team for its stability the last few years, um, dating back to the pandemic and the John Beeline situation. That does not mean you get an unlimited leash. And certainly the Cavs, if they decided to move on from him at some point, would have to eat a ton of money on his contract. Good for him, I guess. But this isn't all on him. It's certainly he's going to be the fall guy. We said that from the beginning of the season, that if someone was going to be the fall guy, it's probably going to be him. But I, I think, I don't know what canning him would really solve even if that's I understand that's like the easiest lever to pull for change but we'll see where they are in 10 games uh so I just I feel for JB even if I understand the screw and even if I think there are better coaches than than him I don't think just letting him go or blaming him for everything is really fair or right even if you could see that happening and I think people are doing that on social media and whatnot all right Karis Levert to move on to him Another thought. Karis LeVert has really acquitted himself well this season amid a lack of really good play. When Garland has been out in particular, and even since he's come back, I think LeVert is attacking and creating and filling gaps. He has taken on a bigger role this season for Cleveland, and it shows. He's averaging five more shots per game versus last year amid all the injuries with this team this year and all of that, and he's doing all that he really can. Where would this team be without Karis LeVert is a question I would like you to ask yourself. Think about it for a second. Okay, you had four seconds. I gave you more than one. Where would they be without Levert? I don't think it would be in a particularly better place. I think they would be in a worse place. That is not optimal <laughs> that that is the case. I like Karis Levert as a guy. He's pretty reasonable with us in the media. He's been very steady for them this year. I think he has a really good perspective on his career and what it means to be a pro. I, I, he strikes me as just a very thoughtful guy. He's not an all-star. He shouldn't be a stabilizing force for you. Certainly, you're going to need guys to be that in the moment, but on the aggregate, the guys that drive success in the NBA are your stars. The fact that Karis LeVert feels like he is somewhat keeping this team from totally being dysfunctional is kind of alarming to me, to be honest. I think you certainly need more from other guys. I think Mobley, I think Allen, I think you're two-star guards. More Garland than Mitchell at this point. And what you're getting from Levert is good. It bodes well that his numbers are pretty much pretty similar to last year on higher volume. You're, maybe that's if that can sustain itself and other things normalize, you're in a really good spot. 
But I think the fact that he has been as important as he is and that has helped them in a, in a major way, I don't think that's great overall. It doesn't say anything great overall about this casting as useful as he's been. That's my view on it. Certainly, I can be a little bit more of a pessimist with some of these things. If you want to be glass half full, you could just say, okay, things will get better. Levert will stay this, and that's great. He could win six man of the year. I, I'm just, it, it's a little alarming to me that he has to do what he's doing. And that's part of the reason why things are just kind of where they are right now and, and not worse. Last point before we go into a break Isaac Okoro, Cleveland just misses him. De'Aaron Fox for the Kings comes back in that game on Monday night and was just ruining the Cavs at the point of attack. They got penetration everywhere. Cleveland looked overwhelmed at that spot on the defensive floor. So whatever going was on with Okoro's knee, they just needed him to get right. I get being cautious with it. I get, you know, I, I, you'd rather have injuries now than like March. But they miss Okoro. They clearly miss what he brings from as a competitor, as a defender, as a wing. They don't have anyone else on this roster, not a single person that is really up for playing defense at the point of attack in the way Okoro does, and the ability to be physical on the perimeter in the way that Okoro is. There's no one there. There's no one else on this roster that is up for playing his role. Not any of the two-way guys, not any of the wings, Struces getting asked to do some of this, Lavers asking to get to do some of this, but that's not what they do. That is not the best use of their talents. You're seeing the benefits of their talents. We talked about Levert. I think Struce, you can, if you watch the games and you're looking at what they're running, Struce is opening up more of the playbook for Cleveland. It's just unquestionably true that that is the case. But there's no one else that can fill in for what Okoro can do and what he can be and what he had showed the first part of the season. He was, the, he was more than Levert to me, the bright spot of the season before he's missed these last four games with an injury. It's also a bummer for him because he's in a contract year. This is someone who is headed to restrictive free agency next year. That is a place no one wants to be anymore. It's the place where you get squeezed. But if you played well enough this year, and it, he, he could come back and this could be nothing. But he was playing at a level where you could see him earning a, a pretty good contract for himself and proving his value to this organization and to this team and get himself paid and get himself some security. And he didn't just take whatever offer was there for him in the fall for the sake of security. He actually bet on himself a little bit. They both miss him in that case. They both miss him in the sense that they just need him. But it's a bummer for him, too, because he is in a really the most important year of his career to date. So for him to get back would be good for him professionally, but also the Cavs just, they need him. And if you watch the games, they miss him. That in itself tells you something about what this roster is and what it's lacking. All right, coming up next, the numbers, Mason. We're going to talk about them. Today's episode is brought to you by Ibotta. How does the free Thanksgiving sound? This year, Ibotta is giving you cash back to help make sure your Thanksgiving table is complete because who wants turkey without the gravy? Starting November 1st, for the fourth in a row, Ibotta is giving 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving feast. You just add the offers in the app to redeem for everything you need to make your Thanksgiving feast complete. All you have to do is shop your favorite retailers and upload your receipt. Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure you're beating inflation no matter what you're purchasing. Other apps give you points that don't amount to much. 
With Ibotta, you get real cash back. You can cash out your bank account, PayPal, or gift cards. You can also earn cash back on hundreds of online brands and retailers too when you start with Ibotta, including Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Download the app, Ibotta app, and use the code LOCKED, L-O-C-K-E-D, to get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner starting November 1st, so right now. Again, download the Ibotta app, use our code LOCKED, and get 100% cash back on your Thanksgiving dinner right now this November. It's a great deal. Go take advantage of it. All right, last segment, some numbers for you. According to Cleaning the Glass, Cavs have a net rating of negative 3.5. That's 20th in the league. This is as of Tuesday at 942. So if you look at these Wednesday, could be a little bit different in terms of ranking based on the, the Tuesday night slate of games. Cavs are 19th in offense. They are 111.7 per 100 possessions. That is 1.5 below league average. Blah. And on defense, the real problem, I think, when you look at this team, when, when you consider the identity of this team, the Cavs are 23rd in defense right now, giving up 115.1 per 100 possessions. That is about two points below league average. All these numbers are just bad. This team is just not good right now, no matter how you spin it. If you believe otherwise, that this team is just fine right now and the numbers are a lie and blah, blah, you're just full of it. You're lying to yourself. Eyes are covered. If you look at the teams around the Cavs in that rating for some context, you have Milwaukee, you have the Lakers, you have the Miami Heat, you have the Chicago Bulls. The Cavs are not alone in struggling. The Bucks have been, I think, the biggest disappointment in the league if you just look at what is and what isn't working for that team right now. The Lakers haven't figured it out, and there's a reason that maybe they go for a third star and they've had their own injury issues. The Bulls, if you've seen the news, and you should go check out Lockdown Bulls as well, um, are in a bit of a fire sale. It seems like Zach Levine is going to get traded sooner rather than later. We'll see if Demar gets traded and Pat Williams and and Alex Caruso. By the way, I want to no no Alex Caruso for a second. Cavs absolutely should call. I would be blowing up Arturis Karnaschovas' phone. That's the president of basketball operations over there. I do believe to try to get Alex Caruso if I'm Cleveland. If you think about what this team is missing right now, I think they miss a backup point guard. And they miss big physical perimeter defenders. Caruso maybe isn't your traditional backup point guard in the way Rubio was a couple years ago, or like a Tyus Jones would be, or a DeLon Wright would be, right? But he can do that, and he is straight up just one of the best pound for pound defenders in the NBA. Now, I say that, and I don't think there's a chance Cleveland has the ammo to get him. Maybe. They get lucky. Maybe the, it's not as hot as I think, but I think that's going to be a guy that commands a first. He's on a really cheap contract. It's like three, four million less than the mid-level exception. It's the same next year. He's like well under value for his age 29 and 30 seasons. If you wanted to flip him next summer, he gets hurt. Like it's, part, it's a partially non-guaranteed fourth year, which is crazy for a guy as good as him. I don't think the Cavs can reasonably get him. I think they should try. I think they absolutely have to. They owe it to themselves to try and be like, would you like Dean Wade? Would you like Ricky Rubio's contract? It's a cold world, but would you like that? Would you like some second round picks? I I think they have to try, but I don't think it's super realistic. Back to the main point. All of this being said, they are not the only team that is going through it right now, but something is off. The Cavs are one of the teams in the league, and, and for if you're listening to this or watching it on YouTube, maybe you're a Cavs fan and you're frustrated about this. It's very clear that 
something is off here and you'd be right to see it. I think you're, you should be seeing it. I don't know. This isn't an overnight fix. This will be a gradual fix if it's going to happen, but something isn't right here. It's in the numbers. It's in the film. It's in the vibes, that triangle of, of, of whatever. Something's off here. Something doesn't quite feel right. The numbers back it up. All that said, maybe this Blazers game on Wednesday night at the 10 p.m. tip, last game of this little four-game road trip, can be the start of the Cavs getting some momentum back, getting back on the right track to some degree. Portland um, is bad. They are three points worse per possessions than the Cavs in terms of net rating. They are 30th in offense. 30th. Dead last. Anthony Simons is out. Scoot Henderson is out. They have some good players, Aiton and Shaden Sharp and Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant. But this team is not good. The offense in particular is not good. Now, they are 12th in defense. Uh, I was talking to a friend, Eric Garcia Gunderson, who does the Bulls versus Blazers show, is at Blazer Banter on Twitter. You, he's been on the show before a long time. He was with me on the Just Basketball show as well. He's talked about how DeAndre Ayton has allowed them to run more of the kind of schemes they wanted in a way Nurkic did not allow them to. So I, I think their defense seems, maybe it's not actually 12th, but it's solid and will be competitive. Cleveland should win this game. They are favorites based on uh, the lines that are out there right now. Not overwhelming favorites, but favorites. And Cleveland should win. This isn't a good team. Cleveland, on paper, on expectation, on, on everything, should just be better than Portland. They should expect to win this game. The offense for Portland is not good. This can perhaps get Cleveland in a, in a spot defensively where they can just get back to normal. Maybe Okoro um, is back. I haven't looked at the report yet. Maybe just Mitchell can go off. Maybe they can just exercise some demons against a team that isn't very good. That's all possible. They should also just be motivated to win this one and prove a point. Monday's game, coming off the the... The Warriors' win was, I think, very disappointing. The quote from Bickerstaff, Chris Fedor, who does really good work covering the team, having an article about how Mitchell says it's not time to panic yet. Like, things are just not right right now. This game cannot solve everything. It is not going to be the balm to cover all the wounds. The reality is that it can, though, maybe be the start of a turnaround. I think this is a, a must-win game in a lot of ways. It's early in the season still, but like a, we're going to be 11 games in that's not nothing you got to turn the ship has to get turned around at some point you can only be bad for so long before it's too late so let's see if they can do it let's see if they can get a little bit back on the right track show some positive signs and maybe sustain that into friday against the the pistons who are also not good and when they're back at home so we'll see all right, that is going to be it. Remember to check out NBA games on SiriusXM on the SXM app. Search Cavs or whatever NBA team you want to listen to. I'm Chris Manning. Thanks again to Jake Stevens, as always. Back at you tomorrow. Going to dive into Cavs Blazers uh, late Thursday and do some numbers analysis for you and other Cavsy things. If you have mailbag questions, we're going to do one of those soon. Drop them in on YouTube. Lockdown Cavs at gmail.com. Peace out, everyone. Have a great rest of your day.